Welcome back to the Do Hawk Dozen podcast. My name is Neil Bingham. And I'm Rachel Mosier. And this is our monthly podcast dedicated to our graduates of the last decade. 12 months, 12 great Dewhawks, countless stories to tell. Today's guest is 2016 grad Jessica Douglas. Let's do this. So, uh, Jessica, thank you for joining us today. Just to kick things off, how you been? It's been a been a while since I've seen you. I know it was a few homecomings ago, I think. How have you been? Thanks for having me on the podcast. Um, I've been doing pretty well, just really uh, getting my footing here in Chicago still, especially through work and just still giving back um, through the nonprofits I've been working with. So I've been doing good. I know we were talking a little bit before we started recording. You know, you got your dog, you got your work from home. Um, I- what's your dog's name? <laughs> Uh, my dog's name is Mars because he's the color red. Uh, he's a mini golden doodle. So he's a really good coworker on Sundays. But, you know, I love him nonetheless. We all, you know, got to, anyone with a dog, I think, could agree. You love your dog on most days. And then you got to just put up with them on some days. But mm-hmm. either way, they're great companions. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> so thanks for scheduling a time to meet with us with your busy schedule. But um, we are really excited to have you on today. Neil and I both got a chance to know you well as a student um, with PR classes and everything else. Um, but here, uh, you were nominated by uh, Dewhawk that thought that you were doing some amazing things in your time after Loris. So we just wanted to give you a little idea of what your nominator had to say about you. Cool. After graduating, Jessica went back to the high school that she graduated from in 2012 which was Christ the King. Not only did she mentor and help foster an incredible community for students looking at college, her work included advocating for Loris with yearly trips to campus for college visits. After her time at Christ the King, she continued giving back to the community with her incredible skills in marketing. She currently works for One Million Degrees where she has provided critical support to help empower hundreds of community college students to succeed in the classroom and beyond. Specifically, she is helping empower low-income, highly motivated community college students to succeed in school, work, and life. She's truly a responsible contributor in every sense. So (laughs) it comes to no surprise that you're doing amazing things and you were super talented in the classes that I took with you as a student. And um, I learned a lot just from working with you in classes, but um, 1 million degrees is super lucky to have you. And just the name alone, honestly, is really attention grabbing. And you, as a company, do some amazing work. Can you fill our listeners in a little bit on what your overall mission and objectives are at One Million Degrees? Yeah. So One Million Degrees is a nonprofit here in Chicago, uh, working in the higher education space, specifically with community colleges of Chicago. Um, We partner with their seven campuses, including three external campuses, which is our South Suburban campuses. Um, And we're the only organization in Illinois and one of the few in the country dedicated to giving comprehensive supports um, to low-income students um, to help them um, obtain their associate degrees um, and just help them succeed in school and work in life overall. Um, This is a great organization to be a part of. I truly and wholly believe in the mission of what we do and it's given me a new perspective on the approach to higher education specifically 
post high school and like wanting and what people want to do for their career, whether if it's go to trade school, go to community college, or even just like jump into a four year. Um, I think I've like been able to see just kind of the whole spectrum of it. And I think our, my organization for sure, like definitely gives the supports needed to get through a degree program of any sort. Yeah, and I think not only did our nominator, us here on campus, catch the good work that you're doing, but I'd be remiss not to mention that the Chicago Blackhawks did as well. I know it's going on five years ago, um, but being a big Hawks fan myself, you were uh, selected as the Chicago Blackhawks everyday hero. You even had a video piece done about you. It's on YouTube for anyone looking for it. Um, first and foremost, that's incredible. So just like congrats. <laughs> um, but secondarily, what was that process like? And how did you feel when you found out that you were selected for that? I was shocked, honestly. <laughs> I, my manager at the time, so during my two-year volunteer program uh, with my former high school, uh, my manager comes to me, he was like, I nominated you for this. Um, I feel like as you being one of our first alumni to give back to the high school and like all the great work you're doing on like development, like we wanted to highlight you and like let you be celebrated. I'm like, what? <laughs> so yeah, it was pretty cool. Then like the company came and like did an interview um, on campus and like I just kind of got to tell my story um, as far as like why I give back like service has always been a huge component of my life all the way starting from like eighth grade even until now um, and I think my parents just kind of like instilled that in me and my sister uh, so just being acknowledged that the Blackhawks game was really cool I saw a couple Dewhawks in the audience too in front of me when I went to go see which was cool um, and then the next day, like I was just getting a bunch of work emails about like how people were proud of me and like they're glad I was like serving a community and like some like sponsors um, for the school also like sent the president email. So it was just really cool to just to be recognized. Yeah, and I think it was a great way too, just to bring attention to what you're doing at the school and the programs that a lot of the Crystal Ray schools do and Christ the King specifically. So I mean, shout out to you for for not only putting in the hard work, but for the people that nominated you as well, just bringing great attention to a really, it's a really cool process that you're involved with. So had to call that out. I know it was about five years ago now, but it's still I know, it's quite wild. an achievement. <laughs> it's wild to think about, honestly, but like, I'm so appreciative of all the opportunities and moments that like I've been able to have, especially working in nonprofit because you meet so many cool people and like just getting this was just like, I don't, I can't describe it. It was really cool. <laughs> so you mentioned that, um, service has always been a big part of your life. Um, can you go into a little bit more detail and how that love for service has come to be? Yeah. So high school, like we always had to do service hours and like every time we moved to a new grade, like that service hour amount increased. And I was very involved in high school, uh, I think overly involved <laughs> at some point, um, but service projects, service trips, they were always something that caught my eye. And my mom, like when we were going to college and about to graduate, she was like, remember to give back to the community that gave to you. And like, that just always have stuck with me. Um, and I didn't know like what she meant. Like I kind of did, but like, I did it. Like, I was like, well, I don't have the funds to give back. So like, what does she mean? I need to like serve and so I just serve the way I usually know how like being in the community with the community um and just being on the ground working with them and I think from my volunteer years up until now like being on the ground 
with the students that I serve and also talking about social justice topics and even current events, like they just opened my mind to like how I want to continue serving other people, but also make some sort of impact in this world um, as I continue to grow as a person overall. And so when your nominator said that you're a responsible contributor in every sense, (laughs) I think you just, I think you just reiterated that reason when you said, remember to give back to the community that's given to you. That's really powerful. And that's awesome. And I'm really curious because, you know, when I knew you at Loris being involved in Alpha Sigma Alpha, the sorority and just dance marathon, a lot of other organizations, you weren't doing any of that service because it was required because you had to. Um, when did you notice in your own personal life that you shifted from doing service as a requirement for class to just something you were really passionate about? When did that shift happen? I think like after, um, like being a part of BSU and, um, ASA, like when we did like a service thing, like after like the first one, I was like, okay, like I know there's like commitment components to like being in groups and like giving back, but like, I wanted to see like what else there was and like what more I could do. And then I think just like growing and like finding out who I am as a person throughout college and then like graduating and then just putting a name to like the things I didn't know how to describe, I guess that like affected me as a person of color. Um, I just knew that like I needed to be a voice and like not only share my story, but be able to like help other people have their stories heard. Um, And I think I, started to shape that especially when I found media studies too like as a minor like I think that was probably like (laughs) the best part that helped me figure out like how I can still be service oriented still share stories and I like give it all to like finding Craig's like intro to tv class and then like going from there to continue doing like media work so that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, 100%. I think, you know, storytelling across the board seems to be a pretty common thread about where you kind of find your your stride and your joy. And that's, it's really cool to see. And I mean, see it all across all of your work, as well as just some of the social media stuff that you post too. So I mean, you're, you're absolutely crushing it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Using your video um, talents and your social media and content creation overall, um, you've helped increase engagement with the Christ the King Jesuit college prep followers on social media, which is incredible. Um, what are some of your tips for making, uh, taking your content to the next level and really helping your, um, organizations thrive on the websites and social media? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think for me, just be personable. Um, definitely know your organization's mission, obviously, but the people who are going to know it most are the people that you're serving. So let them tell you like how they've been impacted or how they've grown through the organization or service that you um, are offering them because they're just going to give it to you straight and they want you to tell their story and I just love talking to different subjects that I interview because like I learned so much because like I'm not usually like scholar facing a lot in my role but I love when I do get to meet students and scholars and things like that um, and just hear about their experience because it's just really cool how they have come full circle and that they also want to give back to their community because so many people have given to them. And I think being in shoes similar to theirs, like I had the same mind and thought process. Um, so just listening to them, tell their story as they are sharing it. And then 
have your community engage with your content like just keep the conversation open to like have the talks or like look at the comments or like celebrate the small and big wins of your organization I think, you know, seeing that side by side, I obviously ha haven't seen you necessarily on a group trip to campus with your current role. But when you came with Christ the King um, back a few years ago, I mean, just the way you interacted with the students, you could tell that you were really just you knew what was going on. You knew what was going on in their world. And you really had a good grasp on um, what they were looking for out of that visit and that trip. So with that cohort, with the group of students that you're working with now, how have you kind of seen that shift? I mean, I know you talked about your own personal dynamic shifting where um encouraging students to look into trade school community or, uh, you know, go jumping right into the workforce or a four-year institution, um, shifting from high school down to transfer students. Has that insight shifted with how you work with those students um, and spreading messages about kind of next step plans, or has that kind of been the same as well? Um, that's a good question. I think since I'm not like scholar facing stuff, like I would say like they definitely like find like the additional resources to like give multiple options as to like what they can do next um and they all vary so like I think like if I was I can only speak from like at Christ the King um I always wanted students to like go to Lourdes because it was affordable it was definitely like close enough to home but like still like a distance enough to like feel like you could find your own footing but also like I think community at Lourdes found me before I found it like my first day at campus like <laughs> um the reach program like I was very late and so they came and found me and like oh we're gonna like take you over to like meet everybody else and I'm like okay like this is how I know like community works and like I always want the best for my students and like Laura's was definitely that place that put me under their wing for sure and I just wanted the same thing for them in return that's awesome because I think seeing the flip of you know knowing you as an upper class uh, classman when you were so involved and so encouraging of other people, just taking what you had learned from the community early on and sharing that with others is just such a commendable thing to do. So thank you for at least from my perspective. I know Rachel and I talked about this going into this interview that we had such fond memories of just like being involved in different clubs and organizations with you. So I think you you really took that message and you you practice what you preach there. So kudos there. <laughs> So you have your hands full with 1 million degrees and, um, but you also run your own business on the side, Jess Nicole visuals. I do. You've done some pretty <laughs> awesome work there. Do you have an elevator pitch? If anyone asks you about this side business, um, or how would you describe it to anyone listening today? You know, people really like, it's all through networking. Like I, most of the people that I have photographed or done video for is either from a class assignment getting my master's degree or like people have been recommended to me um but I really just want to make somebody's vision come to life through photo or video like it just brings me joy because I get to be creative as possible and help give them pointers as to like how I can make something come to life for them so that means taking photos of my best friend's engagement photos that happened over uh, the fall to now being a second shooter with a company here in Chicago in addition to what I do like, I just really love being behind a camera and just seeing the magic happen because, like, I get to show them what I see and make them feel alive or beautiful or, like, things like that. It's just a fulfilling thing for me just to create this kind of content. 
yeah so you are a second shooter do you ever get to come to dubuque like probably not <laughs> through that but um we recognized some duhawks and some of the dubuque murals in some of your photos when we were kind of creeping on your instagram and <laughs> but um do you get to collaborate with many duhawks in this line of work i haven't as of yet but i would love to i am definitely open to doing so i know that a Duhok, uh, Lauren Reddy, I know she made a production company here, like another section of it here in Chicago and Allison and Charlie are doing great work. Like I love seeing their stuff, um, but I also know there's other Duhoks probably doing photo and video stuff. So like if there ever came a chance to do it, absolutely, I would love to connect with them. Like I'm more than willing to do any sort of collaboration. I just love meeting new people and like doing new work, so. So for anyone listening at home, it's Jess Nicole <laughs> underscore visuals if you're looking to collaborate. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, in addition to working with all those Duhawks, you know, you also just do a lot of incredible projects across the board. Um, you have a YouTube channel. Um, you know, you go cover the horror genre with your short film, The Axe, um, almost like a spoken word feel um, from a love letter to a black or to black women. Um, where does the inspiration come from, from your vast majority of storytelling? Because it casts a wide net and it's really cool to see. I know you said Craig Schaefer and his program for media studies really helped kick that off. But where do you find your inspiration from now that you're not constantly sitting in class with Craig? Great question. Um, honestly, just life experiences. Um, some of my work um, that's on my channel were actual assignments in my master program, which I just finished this past December. Um, and I met a professor who just like pushed me to be a better editor, a better like creative. Um, so I like thought outside the bubble with like all the pieces I made and like it's things I probably thought I never would have done, <laughs> uh, but they came out great. Um, but as far as like the social justice pieces and like the love letter to a black woman, like that was, I just wanted to make a piece that like I could relate to. And so I like put a call out there on my Instagram, be like, hey, like I need like a couple women to like answer some questions and they just became my voiceover. So Est, who you guys just did in the previous episode, she's like a big voiceover part in that video. Like she is just amazing, like period. So um, it really just comes from like life experiences and then also just like putting a social justice component to the work that I do because I always want my creative talents of some sort somehow to be a like let it be somebody else's microphone and I just like shape their story so people can see it it's awesome I mean you're doing great work so um anyone looking at again Jess Nicole underscore visuals um and checking out your YouTube channel as well because you have a lot of different different um topics that you covered a lot of the different styles so it was fun kind of catching up and watching those <laughs> thanks <laughs> awesome so Jessica, what we did not provide for you on the front end, we do have 12 questions. We've got a dozen questions for our Duhawk Dozen, um, where we ask our guests 12 rapid fire questions and you give us the first answer that comes to mind. There are no wrong answers um, and only a few have tripped up our guests. So are you ready? I think so. Okay. Let's do it. Where was your last vacation? Mexico before the pandemic, I think. Where was your first ever job? That's a tricky question. Uh, I was a bank teller in high school. Huh. <laughs> uh, is your bed made right now? Yes, surprisingly. I think it's the first yes we've gotten so far. <laughs> um, was What is your go-to karaoke song? 
Uh, I think it's an NSYNC song. I can't think of it. Maybe. Bye, bye, bye. Yeah, I think so. I think it's bye, bye, bye. <laughs> what movie or show do you quote the most? Probably Grey's Anatomy, to be honest. <laughs> what was the last TV series you binge watched? Love is Blind. Are you a morning person or a night owl? Night owl. What is your go-to lazy dinner? Mac and cheese. Who is one of your heroes? My mom and Issa Rae. <laughs> uh, what age has been your favorite age so far? I'll say 25. There was a lot of growth. <laughs> Purple or gold? Can I say both? <laughs> You just did. I think you did. <laughs> um, what is your favorite spot on Loris College's campus? Oh, uh, the outside space in front of IPO. Well, it was IPO uh, with the window, like the circle window, because you can see. Fun fact, that's called the Barrel Vault Lounge. Oh, nice. And I didn't you know. that. Well, there we go. That was my favorite spot. Just looking out that window and chilling on the couch. Okay. So the Barrel Vault Lounge. Nice. Have you been up there since the construction has been done? No, but I want to. Okay. I think homecoming is going to give me a reason to go visit now. Yeah, check it out. Uh, Sergio did a great job working with his team to do a complete renovation of the Center for Inclusion and Advocacy up there. It's completely, it's open. It's uh, really inviting. Uh, bright colors on the walls, big old TV screen in the middle. <laughs> and the whole the whole floor, actually. Yeah. Um, Student Life is now the Student Engagement Center, which um, it it's truly incredible. And if you're ever on campus, that you, you just need to go check it out uh, and meet the people up there. Absolutely. So Barrel Vault Lounge, we've decided, is your favorite spot on campus. Yes. Um, tell us a little bit more about your Loris experience, uh, whether it be, you know, involving that, that space or outside of that space as well. Just a little bit more on what you experienced over your four years. Oh, man. I think my four years at Loris taught me how to grow personally. Um, I always, like, had my sister with everything that I did. And so going to Loris was like, oh, this is my own thing. I got to go figure it out myself, you know? Um, but Loris was definitely inviting. I think if it was not for IPO having a REACH program and Franklin Griffin, he came and found me to like go to the REACH program. Like, I don't know how I would have like made it through Loris. Like that was my community like before I found them. And so Est and Franklin and Jordan and Adrian, like they were some of the people that were, that made me my first day of moving and they just have been my community since we all still like talk to this day. I think Loris has definitely instilled in me how to be um, still service oriented, but like my faith and like all that I do is super important to me. Um, I've been in faith-based schools my entire life, but I am not Catholic, which is a fun fact always when people talk to me. <laughs> um, but I think just the growth that I have personally and then just seeking my own faith and like just finding community those three main components like continue to stay with me and all that I do, no matter what new community um, I find or become a part of. I think the is for all of that. <laughs> That's awesome. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. They really find their niche here and um, they find a great community, which, um, so you mentioned that um, you really admired Craig Schaefer as a faculty member, or and you mentioned a few staff people that have helped you during your time at Loris. Is there anyone else that you can call out that really played a key role in your success here at Loris? Yeah, still Craig for sure. Like I think I took intro to TV as a filler course, and like I always saw people go into like the computer lab. 
And I was like, I want to be in there too. And I didn't know how to get in there. And then I found the class and like, it just like changed my life forever. Um, Cindy Benke, like if it was not for her, I don't know if I would still have been at Lawyers, honestly. Um, like she definitely is like the mom that we had away from home. And like, she made sure we had like all the things we needed, made sure we knew about different resources. Um, Anthony Davis, when he was there, same thing. He was in the role I think that uh, Sergio has now. Uh, I think Geo held that role um, for a little bit too. Like that whole office like truly was my family and my home to like definitely help me navigate floors for sure. Um, yeah, I would say those people, those are my shout outs right there. In addition to having some of those, you know, niche connections with Rachel and myself, you have uh, some pretty cool connections with our previous Duhawk Dozen as well. Um, we followed in S's footsteps as president of the Black Student Union. Um, and I know you were involved with Dance Marathon pretty, pretty deeply while Nick was president. Um, what did you learn from being so involved and so connected as a student? I think like as a student leader, like a leader in general, um, you have to learn how to be personable. You have to learn how to listen to the audience that you serve, um, but also like enjoy what you do. Like definitely, I think like serving like a greater purpose outside of yourself is important but you also get to like hear from other people about like how like whatever organization you run or like are a part of like you get to see like how something impacts them and I think like whether it was like listening to like family stories through dance marathon and seeing like how students are dancing to raise funds for them like just helps them in some sort of way to just BSU meeting to talk about issues that impacted us as black students but like just black people in general like we had a space to like truly like unpack and just like be an advocate for each other do you feel like your time in uh black student union asa in uh dance marathon do you still use some of those like those pillars of what you learned in your job today or how do you kind of see that come to fruition now that you're you're out of school you're graduated you're in the workforce um but obviously still have those connections to those organizations how does that kind of play out yeah, um, though post undergrad and even grad school, like um, current events still happen in the world and like they're gonna impact me some sort of way as a person of color. Um, and I think just like having a space, I guess I'm representing BSU here, like having people like to talk these things out with, um, especially throughout this pandemic, um, you learn how to, find again community community has is like the root of all of this I think but you also figure out who you are individually but like how you can take care of yourself in the process community has been a big part of what you've been talking about today and um it's and it was a big part of your Loris career and your career outside of Loris but um the people that really stick out um that's what people remember when they're here at Loris. So do you have any tips on um, staying connected with Duhawks after graduation that we can share with our young alumni? Um, yeah, honestly, I still keep up with people from Loris through social media. Like I think Facebook and Instagram are the true hubs of how we keep in contact because you can, and then you can do like video calls and like messenger and stuff. Um, but yeah, definitely like, if you are randomly thinking about like, oh my God, this was like a memorable moment. Maybe I should like check in on this person. Like we will randomly check in on each other and be like, 
hey, just want to see how you were. Um, they're still there. Like as you grow and like the adult world happens and you work and like have all these wins and things in life, like your community is still there. It just might look different as you continue to grow. But like they're definitely still in my corner and I definitely try to check in on them as much as possible. Uh, whether it's like if I have their phone number, I'll call them. If it's just like a funny meme <laughs> from Instagram, I'll send it to them. And then it'll probably like remind us of like moments from Loris that we like reminisce on. Like I definitely try to find the small pockets of joy to like try to catch up with them on. So that's amazing. And I, I know I can relate to that. Um, the memes on Instagram, especially, but um, just bringing a little joy to every day and knowing that you can always have the memories to go back on is awesome. Quite a few Loris group chats. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Duhawks supporting Duhawks too. Literally. Um, and I guess lastly, on our list of questions here, um, Earlier, you mentioned that you came home for homecoming in the past, and you plan to do so this year, October 7th, 8th, and 9th, just for everyone <laughs> listening. But um, you stay involved and connected off campus as well. What has been one of the most rewarding parts of being an, a Loris alum so far? Like if I see somebody wearing Loris apparel, or if like I see like a sticker on a car, and especially when I had like just graduated undergrad, I was like, wait, like, I know them, they might be a Duhawk, and, like, we really are everywhere, like, there's always going to be somebody you might find uh, connected to Lores, like, I think I've met a few people who might know of Lores, or have, like, siblings who attended back in the day, or things like that, like, we're everywhere, and, like, it's always, like, it's, like, a badge of honor to be, like, a Lores alumni, and, like, you have, like, a conversation starter, like, if people start to talk about it, um, so, yeah, I'm, forever grateful for the community I found for the Loris experience for sure I was gonna be really cheesy and be like I'm thankful Loris gave me you <laughs> but I truly I truly am because um you have the infectious personality that uh, like you I don't remember one time seeing you not smiling or like when you, uh, when I hear your laugh, like you, it always brought a smile to my face. So I thank you for playing a part of my, um, Laura's career. And then I know many other Duhawks, they'll say, Oh, I know Jessica Douglas, like you're kind of a legend, but, um, oh <laughs> we really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us today. Yeah. No I, I appreciate being here. <clears throat> And just to echo Rachel, I mean, just the, how involved you were and how present you were, I think really speaks to the fact that I don't think anyone would have guessed that you didn't feel like that you were the one running late for launch into Loris. I think people would be like, nope, front of the line, ready to go, leading the charge. Um, so I think just being open and honest about that is a really cool insight just to how much, you know, how much the community helped build and how much you can change over four years. Because really, I mean, it's just, uh, again, echo Rachel, just super present. And it's really awesome to see. Um, before we head out today, though, is there any last piece of advice that you have for our current Duhawks or recent graduates listening at home? I think for current Duhawks, um, especially if you're a first gen uh, student, take advantage of all the resources on campus. Like those will be the thing that help you leverage where you need to go post-graduation. Um, if you haven't found community, Yet on campus, definitely try to. It can definitely be intimidating if you uh, came to campus with no one from high school like I did to just any sort of circumstance. Like there will be a community there for you. Um, maybe you'll find it or it might find you. Um, be open to being a part of it. Be open to growth. 
on campus as well. And I think for anybody who just graduated, stay involved and stay in touch with people you just graduated with. Um, they will definitely be key into having community outside of um, school. Like it's definitely a shift for sure, but you will find and continue to grow um, as you make new community. So that's my advice. Thank Love you. that. It's awesome. Uh, really do appreciate you taking the time out of your day. It's been great catching up. It's been too long. Um, hopefully not too much longer, whether it's homecoming or sometime in between then. Um, just thank you so much again. Uh, to our listeners at home, don't forget that uh, the next podcast will be coming out May 12th when we'll be introducing our newest member of the Dewhawk Dozen. You can visit alumni.loris.edu slash Dozen to learn more or to nominate a Dewhawk today. Thank you to the Young Alumni Advisory Board for sponsoring this podcast and for Trent Hanselman for producing. Go, Go Duos!